JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Potline. You can catch him every Friday and Saturday. Indiana Sports Talk throughout the Network Indiana affiliated stations in the state of Indiana. He's got a lot to talk about coming up this weekend. Bob Lovell, his Friday routine, joining us and brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com today. Bob, how are you? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me. Are you surprised that all the Chris Byers did that reboot of sorts out of Warren Central a day ago? Nothing surprises me, John. Okay. <laughs> Are we, we're past we're past any surprising stage for Bob Lowe. No, I, I mean no, I was I was surprised. I know that. I mean, it's obviously uh, well documented that he had a great run at Warren Central. Um, and and I, I don't you know even when you win a championship like that. Uh, and, and you have a team like that that goes down as one of the greatest of all time, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to find that next challenge, and I think Chris was looking for that at Franklin Central. And, um, you know, sometimes fate intervenes, and, and you get opportunities to, to do something and go back. It's hard to go back. I think a lot of people understand that, but um, he's won every bear everywhere he's been. So I was, I was surprised, uh, but very happy for him. This is going to sound not right out of me. Um, and again, okay, there's. Go ahead and ask yeah, anyway, and I'll, go I'll give you a not right answer. <laughs> well, How's that? Listen, there are, are good gigs, right? There are good gigs um, in high school basketball. Right. But there are right. also better gigs. And I'm talking about in terms of winnability. And with all respect to Franklin Central. That in basketball is just going to be different. I mean, it's the same. I'm assuming that Mark James found out the same thing, right? At, in Perry Meridian, in Perry Township, it's not like it's going in that direction right now. And there may be a job out there for him someplace else. But again, for Chris Byers, when when you get a little bit older, you start really wanting to see what you can do to close it out and that is win once again at the highest level so a maneuver like that makes a great deal of sense to me is that how it goes down often sometimes and i think a lot of times there are factors you and i aren't even aware of like you know when he left warren central yeah did he keep a house in the warren area well how about insurance how about insurance something like insurance plays a role sometimes yes yeah no no i mean obviously you know when 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 Mark James left Ben Davis, I mean, it, you know, part of that deal was to help himself out uh, benefit-wise. Right. So, so many things you don't really know, but but on the surface, yeah, I mean, you have a demonstrated uh, ability to win a state championship at Warren Central. 
Uh, you know, Franklin Central has, has not been at that level. I think Mark James is one of the best coaches to ever coach in our state. And he took them, I think, as far as they could go. And I think Chris uh, is in that same category of, in terms of success as a coach. And so without knowing more of the particulars, you know, there may be a lot of things that, that we're not aware of uh, relating to family and travel and, and this, that, and the other. And there's so many reasons why jobs are better than other jobs, John. And uh, you have to have everybody on that classic same page to make it work. And so – you know, administration, assistance, yep. uh, distance, travel, a feeling, a relationship, all of it factors in. But uh, it was surprising, but I think everyone will be happy uh, at, at Warren Central and uh, be curious to see, obviously, now who takes over at uh, at Franklin Central. Uh, you, you got it right, though, too. When you're thinking about an administration that you can get along with, and then and I don't know how this works ever consistently, but a school board that you can also get along with that has the best interest of the team in winning in mind, which is not often the case. I'm going to tell you, if you can find that dynamic anywhere around the state, you jump on that bad boy and take that gig. I don't think there's any question. And uh, having never coached at the high school level, I spent my 20-plus year career at the college level uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think I was as adept at uh, institutional politics as I needed to be at my two particular institutions. Uh, if I have regrets in my in my coaching life, it was uh, I needed to be much more politically in tune to what was going on. And I'd say that's incredibly important for you uh, at the high school level. And, and all it, you know how it is, John. All it takes is to get one one parent upset at you because his son or daughter's not playing enough and it's just one all it takes is one and one person uh can make things happen for you and i think it's and it needs to shame that it happens that way and uh so when you're you know when you're on the high school level yeah it's incredibly important for you when you're trying to make decisions and i think the other part of it too johnny think about it there are a whole lot of coaches who leave uh every year in football and basketball in our state the turnover uh, is uh, unbelievable, and now with uh, with your the demands on your schedule in summer as a football coach, as a basketball coach, it is a twelve month a year proposition, and everyone you know, and I mean everyone you know, knows better how to do your job than you do. I mean everybody, your family, your friends, everybody you meet knows more about how to coach basketball than you do, or at least they think they do, and you can never, ever change that. I mean, hell, I do that three hours a day, every day right here. <laughs> and, and now you know now you know why i never take listener phone calls. <laughs> so Bob, 29 years of yeah. uh we're gonna listen to me not uh, you i do that i do that so, uh i, I don't, do that for, i don't deal with it i, I really do that don't. for three hours every single day monday through friday right here bob levels on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline I, a little bit more seriously right here and i ask this question because i know him very well and I like him a great deal. Um, he has certainly in the past six or so months made some serious mistakes. And I'm talking about the former head coach at Linton for their high school basketball team, Joey Hart, who had a son that's a senior Indiana All-Star that's going to Central Florida. They decided, as I think everybody expected down at Linton, right. not 
to renew the school board and the administration, his contract there. I know for a fact that he he has uh, obviously gotten help, which was was needed uh, right. from friends down there. There has been intervention. You look at his resume, he is, you look at his numbers, he is one of the best coaches, has been, not just in southern Indiana, but numbers-wise throughout the state. Um, what might be the hireability of Joey Hart moving forward right here, coming off the type of end of season he had, personally speaking? That's a hard That's a hard one to, to answer. You know, you know that. I mean, it's a... That's a hard one. Uh, I think a, a lot of it has to do, as most jobs do, uh, about relationships. I think uh, he's got to figure out a way to rehab his image. Uh, if that means uh, going to another program as an assistant coach, uh, that's, that maybe that's what you do. Um, uh, and if you have someone out there who's in a position of authority who uh, can influence the hire, uh, and they go to bat for you. I think that's another possibility. Uh, but, but I think I think it, it, this is a situation where I think some time has to pass between um, your next job. I think you you know you have to take a step back, work on yourself, work on your problems, um, and and come to grips with that um, before you even think about. Uh, I mean, I know he wants to coach. I know. Uh, that's what happens when you, you're a lifer as a coach. It's in your blood, and you think you can't do anything else. My advice, not that anybody cares, is take a step back and really figure out if that's exactly what you want to do. And secondly, if it is, then then you've got to take a long time to rehab the uh, your image because now you've got to convince people why they should look past your past transgressions and hire you to be a leader of young people. You know, you're supposed to be a role model. And so you've got to give them an explanation as to why they should hazard uh, making you as a pick to do that. And so that's a tough, that's an uphill climb. But I think more than anything, work on yourself, uh, do it in private, work away from people, work to rehab your image and rebuild relationships that have literally been detonated by what you've done. And then, um, you know, uh, see if time, in fact, does heal most wounds. He, um, I've known him for a long time, and he is a, a, a good guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I've known him and, for a long and time. Like, too. like, like us guy. all. Really yeah, like us all. You know, you you have flaws. We bring flaws to the table, uh, and certainly that's that's something he is he's dealing with right now in moving forward. I just somebody with again the numbers as we have seen over the years right. for him. Right. I just curious if somebody would take a flyer on him after a couple of months uh, of rehab and uh, you know cleaning up getting better the intervention right. if somebody might do that with uh, the numbers and that belief in mind moving forward well i think it's uh, harder to do uh at the high school level to find someone to give you that opportunity you know it's it's well documented well chronicled the nba uh, NFL, highest level of college football and basketball, they literally don't care about your past transgressions. If you can win, we'll hire you. Okay, I mean, that's, we all know that. And as distasteful as it might be in some of these instances, if you've won a whole lot of games, they're gonna, you'll find a way to get a job. I think that's different at the high school level, probably should be at the high school level. Uh, and I, I think the biggest problem you have right now is if you're sitting in an interview room 
and someone asks you, with all of your past problems, why should we hire you? Number one, that's a hard question. And number two, you look at him and say, look, we could go out here tomorrow and find 50 other guys who have uh, impressive backgrounds as coaches who don't have the problems that you have. Why shouldn't we hire one of them? So you got a lot of things at play yeah. in this situation. But again, I think it's you know it, it's it, it just happened relatively uh, you know not very long ago, sure. so to speak. I think there's a lot of time that has to go through it. But more than anything, come to grips with the problems you have. Work as hard as you as you can to rebuild the relationships with your family and your community and your friends. Then turn to whether or not you want to get back in it and, and try to do that. And along the way, call on those relationships that you have and ask for their advice. I'm like you, John. He's a tremendous basketball coach and a really, really good guy who made a couple of serious mistakes. And so uh, in, in our culture, yeah, we always we like stories of redemption, but we're also not necessarily very quick to give you the opportunities if you've, if you've caused some problems and you've made mistakes like this. There are some things we'll, you know, we don't necessarily um, take as seriously as we should as this. And so um, take a little my advice again. Take some time. Uh, continue to work as hard as you can to make yourself better. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night, Network Indiana affiliated stations loaded up with the content without callers every single Friday and Saturday night. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group. It's online. nothing personal. I understand. <laughs> you know that. It's not personal. I want to hear from all of you. It's just that um, there's a long, long story behind it, John. I it get it. Do, you know, back in the day when, when, when we started – I would get phone calls. Like you, I would get phone calls from people who'd been at a high school football game or basketball game, went to the local watering hole and got lubricated after the game and called me. And we had a few embarrassing moments with that, so we decided <laughs> we'll, we'll eliminate it. <laughs> well done. My friend will be listening. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Uh, John, thanks. It's Take a Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hour two, and he's back on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline with his slow jam 90s re-entry, everybody. Here's Mike Wells. Oh, fair down. Do you see stuff? Let me see with your body, baby. Please do all the things <laughs> you want me to do. You got to hit this oh, note. Here we go, Jay. Here we go. Yep. It is Mike Wells of ESPN Radio pounding that out. Silken freaked me right there. That is a 90s closeout song. That is a song that you play, and if you don't close the deal, you've got zero game. They can only do so much. Silk, 
could only do so much for you with that song, but it was legit. 1992-93, man. I was a sophomore in high school, and let's just say, woo-wee. That song brought back some memories. Did they let you play that at high school dances? No, no, no. They could not play that in high school dances because then all of a sudden, that's a combination of Freak Me and R. Kelly bump and grind up in the high school dances, trying to grab on the booty and everything. Did they? I wonder if they played Too Close by Next at high school dances, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that was Making well it hard for me, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you know the only—I think the only song—and we didn't have anything banned. But I think the only song that I'd ever heard that got banned was the Billy Idol "Money Money" because there was this chant that went along with it: "Hey, hey, hey, what? Say what? Yeah, some chant." A really nasty chant that went along with it. That was the only one that I'd ever heard that may have been banned. But we didn't have anything banned. So, the seventies and eighties, those movies, man, uh, like Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's and stuff, man. So that that stuff was able to fly. So the music should have been able to fly in the nineties. <laughs> no doubt. There's so much. You see some of these John Hughes movies, and you're waiting for them to cut out the cuss words, and now they leave the cuss words in and cut out other things that would be much more objectionable now than the cuss words are in this era. It's pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I watched uh, Straight Outta Compton, like on FX or whatever, <laughs> and, and you got Cube and Dre and MC Ren, all those guys just cussing on the storm like it's not like they, like they don't have uh, minors watching a movie at the time. Yeah, it's like, and I love that when it's edited like that, you get Ice Cube's No Vaseline song. Gosh darn, y'all set it off. <laughs> like they, they substitute that. Gosh darn, like Ice Cube's going to spit out a gosh darn lyric, you know? That's great. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing Ice Cube and Cube says, man, gosh darn it. Gosh, man, gosh you, darn. God dang, y'all set it off. Yeah. <laughs> we know that ain't happening. Oh, man. So uh, ESPN radio-wise, what would they have you talking about? Uh, NBA postseason. Do you still like the NBA postseason as much as you did when you covered it when the Pacers were involved? I love it. And what I hate is yeah, I, I do love it still. But these 10, 1030 starts are kicking my butt, man. It's well past my bedtime. But the Western Conference playoff series are more, way more entertaining than what the East have going on. I mean, obviously with Brooklyn and Philly last night, hard and getting ejected and then uh, Joel and me getting into a little bit and stuff. But the, the West is where it's at. I mean, Clippers, even without Kawhi and Paul George, they're making it a competitive series. They have a bunch of drops of 45 piece on them last night. What what Mike Brown and the Kings are doing against the Warriors, even though I know, the, you know, Steph looked like Steph against them uh, last night. I'm enjoying the Western Conference playoffs way better. I just wish they could start a little earlier. Yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, you're not going to get that wish anytime soon. So, I, I would agree with you. I thought the Nets and Sixers. I mean, now the Sixers are up three zip, and that thing is over. But uh, there was some compelling action. The Nets kind of hosed themselves. I mean, all those opportunities, and literally one of the worst in the moment inbounds passes you've ever seen from Royce O'Neal last night. I guess you can, you know, talk about um, Mikel Bridges going the wrong direction as well. But man. That was some ugly stuff to end that game. What was a great, hard-fought, both uh, in terms of basketball and non-basketball stuff going on? That's exactly what I look for in the postseason. 
Yeah, I mean, and that is. And you, you, I mean, Milwaukee's sits there and beats Miami by, you know, they're up by almost 40 points without with Giannis sitting on the bench in street clothes the other night. It's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, I, nobody nobody's really talking about uh, Boston because Boston is doing what Boston does. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think when you look at the Eastern Conference, Boston and a and and then I honestly think Joel Embiid is going to win the MVP. In my opinion, I think if they play, you know, if Boston, excuse me, if uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee play each other, I would love to see a seven-game series between the Greek Freak and Joel Embiid. Can you believe how much Embiid flops? Oh, it's, no, it is no, absolutely no, incredible how much he flops. I mean, anybody touches him and he falls down. Yeah, I mean, listen, you and I can touch him, and he's gonna, his, his seven-foot body is going to fall to the ground. He's going to be smelling his arm and acting like he got ran over by a middle linebacker. Yeah, I love that, too. I, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. It's like, you know, in, in a, a soccer match, and the guys fall down, and you're in agonizing pain, and you're laying down there for a while, and then you get back up and take off running just like nothing happened. That's exactly what he does. Yeah. Now, hey, so do you think he's MVP this year, or are you going with the Joker? Uh, I I can't stand Embiid, but I also recognize that he was the most consistent, unstoppable force in the NBA, and that would be my criteria. Yeah. Now, now let me. You know, I'm, I got to ask you this in and fun because you can't stand him because he flops too much, uh. or you can't stand him that Miles calls him daddy. Well, that doesn't uh, that doesn't help. But he's from Kansas, and I think Kansas sucks, so I can't stand anything from Kansas. <laughs> Scott Pollard knows that. Scott Pollard cussed at me once because of that, but that's all right. I just say I hate Kansas. I don't. I don't like. I don't like. I've never really liked him. Not really been a fan. But uh, the, the Miles stuff, uh, that ownership right there, doesn't really help the situation with me either. Yeah. So, which, hey, that, hey, that's understandable. I mean, you you ride or die with Miles Turner. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I got I got mad respect for you for that. It, you you when he's when he sucks, he sucks. When he plays great, you give him props. So you're my kind of guy. I like people who can can acknowledge good and bad at the same time. Let me tell you this. So Chad Buchanan, Pacers general manager, Mike, was on with me two days ago. And I'd been waiting to talk with somebody in management with the Pacers to to do it. I told you so. Um, to feel vindicated with Miles. And the first thing I brought up was, hey, I, I guess you're glad now, right, that Phoenix matched that offer sheet back in July. And he kind of laughed and went into, you know, how happy they were. And Miles had that type of season. I was loaded up and ready to go. And then I get in here today, and uh, he had sent me a Miles Turner jersey in a package. <laughs> which I, wow. made me laugh. Made me laugh a great deal. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Man, let's say, listen, you, you should go out there and feel good about uh, what Miles did this season and, and let the uh, Pacers match with, with the Suns throughout his way. You, you should talk. And I don't think if it, I'm so petty, Jay, I probably would have brought it up every day, every day of the season, even if Miles had a bad game. Well, I, I, I kind of did, yeah. <laughs> I kind of did that, Mike. I did. I I had been waiting for this for a long time, and I never – I mean, I understand where a fan base wants somebody to play well and play consistently well, but they, a lot of this fan base didn't act in a similar fashion to others on this team when they didn't have a good game. And 
I, I and this goes all the way back, and I don't know if it was if it was your argument, but I remember Grady brought this up, and Grady spent here on the midday show half the summer, you know, making fun of Miles because he was doing yoga and working out, and I'm thinking I don't care what he does as long as he's working to get better, yoga, lifting weights, you know, working with Kevin McHale with his back to the basket, all that stuff is good with me. So I kind of took the baton right there. It wasn't like that he came out of Texas and I went, well, I'm going to defend this guy. I just wasn't going to be one of them that wanted to run this guy out of town and then see him go someplace else and play well and then have Indy kind of holding up their hands as Pacer fans going, oh, yeah, look what we did. So I I just started defending him, and you knew, at least I did, when you split the big man tandem situation – and then you got Halliburton in here, who was an elite level willing passer. I thought this is what it takes, and that's exactly what happened. Yes, hey, hey say it again, say it again. Uh, I, I, I love that you, uh, you roll, you roll with your guy uh, through through the whole process. Now they got to get some more pieces up. They, they, they got, they definitely got to get. You know, Chad and uh, Kevin Pritchard, um, they do have some more work to do because this whole, you know not making the playoffs or being at the bottom of, you know, bottom of the uh, playoff, Eastern Conference playoff race and barely getting in, that's that's only going to – that's not going to fly much longer because they got too many talented young pieces on this roster not to be competitive enough to be in the mix. That is 100% true. And, in fact, I, I told him that. I said, listen, I'm going to yell at you guys next year if we're talking about the same stuff outside the postseason while it's going on. On that particular day, it was a glorious afternoon. And we know this, Pacers in the postseason and a great afternoon here in central Indiana. It just makes it a great day, an exciting day. And I, I told him, I said, that's our expectation for next year. And he kind of went into, well, you know, next year or the year after. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. No year after stuff. Next year. All we've heard is about leverage and about what you know, type of you know, what type of opportunities they have, right? This offseason into finding somebody else, bring somebody else in to mature this team to make it better. Now, this is going to be postseason worthy next year. That should be all of our expectations. No, a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent accurate. Because um, you know, unlike the folks on West Fifty Sixth Street, they you, there's a glimmer, there's a glimmer of hope for the boys on Pennsylvania Street right now. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, I was talking about this. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I was um, talking about this a little bit earlier, too. So Chris Ballard met with the local media earlier today before the draft, as uh, everybody does, and certainly Chris Ballard does before every draft. And, you know, people were uh, marking about how how you know calm and comfortable he looked and you know how he really wasn't saying anything well that's it i mean he can't say anything i'm not defending the guy he's comfortable because he knows he has three years he knows he's getting a reboot right here it's important to get this right 
no doubt. But he's got three years to see if this thing is done right. So, yeah, he is comfortable because of that. He wants to get that pick right. But in terms of looking for something that he could say or to be said in that environment, it's just not. That's why I always you feel like that these meetings before the draft like this around the NFL are such a monumental waste of time, are they not? I mean, you just, you, he just, he's up there and he just has to talk about stuff that he can't say, that he can't get into. And then people say, well, look, he's not saying anything. Well, that's because he can't. Now, I don't often defend Ballard about stuff recently, but that I will. What do you want the dude to say? What's he supposed to say? Well, first of all, you really can't say anything because, you know, he made a great point today. Nobody knows what's going to happen at one, two, and three, especially. At the number, th- you know, the, uh, we know you're, you're we're, we're working on the exception that Carolina and Houston are going to take quarterbacks. Then Arizona gets on the clock, and who knows what's going to happen there because their phones are going to probably start buzzing and having the team to try to leapfrog. So, you know, those, and of course, you know, I'm looking at tweets and I'm looking at, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, people who like to talk and say, oh, yeah, he's not, you know, he's wasting his time going up there. He didn't say anything. Same Chris Ballard type stuff. No, the reality is he doesn't know. Nobody knows how the dominoes are going to fall in the top three spots. And props to those teams who aren't going to say anything. I mean, Carolina's not going to come out and say we're going to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or, you know, or they're going to surprise everybody and take somebody different. They, that, they, it, it, would, it would do no good for the Panthers to come out and say something. Obviously, you got to assume that, you know, whoever they take, Houston's going to take the next best quarterback at that spot, and then who knows what's going to happen. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. The S2 cognition test is what everybody's talking about right now. I got this email from Tom a little bit earlier today. He says, JMV, the S2 cognition test seems to be the fad in the realm of responsive evaluation nowadays, at least for some NFL teams. And one of those teams would be Carolina, who probably were quite interested in these scores you're about to see. These were unleashed these scores and again eddie what exactly what are we measuring here scientifically measuring an athlete's game speed cognitive abilities down to a millisecond level i mean this is some deeply rooted nerd material right here but apparently the nfl takes this incredibly seriously bryce young is the top of the list 98 percent at the bottom of the list you want to guess who it is will levis C.J. Stroud, 18%. Oh, wow. Should that alone, should that alone push a team like the Colts, for example, away from drafting him, in this case, at number four overall? How, how much should that matter? First of all, I'm confused on what the test is. So again, I just uh, I, yeah, I gave you the I gave what is on the website here. Scientifically measures an athlete's game speed, cognitive ability down to the millisecond. So to make decisions, to process decisions down to the millisecond, and do it in multitasking order, like a lot of things going on in your brain. Like right now, I'm talking with you. If anything else played a role besides me talking with you, I'd be hosed. I'd probably test minus seventy eight on this. Man, this this is taking the dear nerdyism <laughs> to a, to another level, bro. And I, I'm I'm making and I'm I'm making I'm making up words when I say this. 
Nerd, nerdyism isn't, is, isn't even a word, but that's taking it to the extreme on this. They would, they, they would, they would do anything to try to break down a player. And, and once again, you know, between, you know, CJ Stroud can't catch a break. You got a uh, Mr. Mr. Notre Dame, uh, Brady Quinn out there trying to put a negative light on him and everything. Now this test comes out and have him at the bottom, man, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, and all of the quarterbacks we've talked about, Bryce Young, 98%, Will Levis, 93%, Anthony Richardson, 79%, Hendon Hooker, 46 C.J. Stroud, 18 according to the S2 cognition test. So, I, you know, I go by one game, and I have been honest by that against Georgia, Chris Ballard told me to my face they go more about game feel of uh, game film and games actual games of competition themselves. I just am curious how much you think something like this may play a role. Is it playing a role for example with with Houston in mind why many believe they're not going to draft a quarterback overall at number 2 which I think is asinine. If I were a fan of Houston I'm thinking you know what get in there and pick a quarterback. I mean, you got Davis Mills right now. Pick a quarterback. So what? You're supposed to wait for another bad year and hope you get up there and have enough. And I guess you could put together a package and try to move up to get Caleb Williams. But you don't know that for sure. You don't know what's going well, to happen. You're yeah, up there right I, now. I say this. And, I, I, and I'll finish and I'll let you finish too. I, Rick Venturi told me, and I believe in this, you don't get up here very often. You don't want to be up here very often. So when you get up there, make it mean something. And I think that there's a lot of truth behind that, and that's how I feel about the Colts at number four. And if I were a Texans fan, I think I would feel the same way, certainly with number two. Here's here's my thing. Yes, Caleb Williams is a real deal at USC. But why roll the dice for another year and just have a straight boo-boo season? And what happens if uh, Caleb Williams or the Florida State quarterback, somebody suffers some type of injury, which we hope doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden those guys, uh, you know, drop or whatever. So you're, you're sitting here banking that these guys are going to continue to be great, which we all hope they will continue to be great. But you never know what could come along and slow down, slow down uh, those players down next season on the college football field. But I want, I want to throw a scenario out to you. What would you do if Chris Ballard traded back or simply didn't take a quarterback at number four and said, you know what, they decided to take Hooker in the second round or Stetson Bennett from Georgia? Would you be PO'd at that? I guess part of me would suggest, all right, so you're still doing something. You're doing something you believe in. Fine. I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't understand what they would understand. Like, I, a disappointment's not the right word, they're still going at it with something they believe. I just wouldn't have a similar belief. I may end up being there anyway because I've been the C.J. Stroud guy forever, and I like him, but I've also told everybody that's willing to listen that I believe they're going to draft Will Levis. So I've been kind of in that category the way that it is at number four, you know, even beyond trading down. But, yeah, I would I would find it tough to understand. I would be interested to hear the the reason behind such a move if they decide to do yeah. that. And by the way, I don't like that. I, I don't like that idea. Somebody somebody mentioned mentioned that to me, and I was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. And of course, you know, they are a listener of your show, so they're like, throw that out to JMV next time you're on the show. I was like, all right, cool, no problem. Uh, but I I'm under the mind frame that 
you're so high. You're at number four. We've seen what's happened at the quarterback spot for so many for the last since 2019 for almost four years now. They got to they, they got they got to they got to pee or get off the pot now, man. Because it, who knows when they're going to have this opportunity to get another quarterback this high in the draft. What I love about this is Lovey Smith with that parting gift of winning that game final regular season weekend beating the Colts here. Um, I'm assuming that they would take Bryce Young. They're just not going to take anybody else, again, reportedly in this draft when they absolutely yeah. should and they're not going to. I just I love the fact that that is the difference here. That win with Lovey Smith, who got fired, that is the difference that we're talking about right now. Or they would have number one. They would hold on to number one. I'm assuming draft Bryce Young and move forward right now instead. They're going to tell their fan base to wait another year. I mean, get the hell out of here with that crap, really. Well, we are talking about the Houston Texans, so... Yeah, nobody all, cares. All, Except for Texans Mark. My friend Texans Mark. Good guy. He cares. But, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, in fact, they're still having nightmares about T.Y. Hilton. That's, just, that's, all, that's all that needs to be said. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, what else is happening in your world? When are you going to be back on the radio nationally again? Is that coming up soon? Man, I, I was supposed to be on tomorrow, but I am currently road tripping with your favorite member of the Wells household. Oh, yeah? And one of, one of our AAU teammates. We are about 30 minutes from our hotel in Cincinnati. Uh, they got a game tonight at 720. Uh, so we are we left school early. I let Layla at least you know play a little half day hooky, and uh, straight driving in the rain over to Cincinnati. And I am not getting any skyline chili because I don't want any bubble guts, man. So they, is it an all weekend thing? Yeah, one one tonight, two tomorrow, and then one on Sunday. Yeah, we were supposed to be somewhere this weekend, and uh, I think uh, I think we decided not to go. We played in Westfield last weekend. Oh, wow, man. Hey, did you go to uh, – did you get some donuts up there, man? From that, oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I did not. I only went on Sunday – I think I went on Sunday. That was the only time. They played They played on Saturday, too. I couldn't go because I had – Blake had Ron Cowley prom, and I had to do show here next door on Saturday, so I was unavailable to go. And and uh, I don't know what they, they did. And she was yeah. hanging out with Grace and Kennedy all weekend, apparently. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask you this. Yep. Did you did you tell Blake when he went to prom last Saturday for Ron College? Did you say Blake? Act like Dad did way back in the day on uh-uh. prom night. Nah, he would have had to have. Uh, well, it was it was it was weird scheduling because when I went to the prom in '87 and in '88, for some reason, um, we always had a baseball doubleheader against Brown County the next morning. Which I don't know who the hell put that on the schedule. Um, when I was when I was eighty seven, the first time I went to the prom, I slept in the back of my truck in the parking lot. I got two hours of sleep in the back of my truck and got up, and then we had batting practice. And then Brown County came. We had a doubleheader. I was a catcher, and I was really the only catcher 
basically on the entire team. So I played both ends of the doubleheader. And then the next year, kind of the same thing. We had to go to Brown County and played both ends of a doubleheader. So it was, it was weird. I, I didn't go home, though. But, no, he um, I had Tony Donahue was his chauffeur. So oh, look, at, look at Tony D uh-huh. out there taking care of you and stuff, man. Yep, he was uh, Blake and his date chauffeur, so I knew what was going on 100% of the time. Now, there's no way I'm letting him do get anywhere near what I did. None. And I, I know that makes me sound bad and a bad dad. Well, you can do, and you're not going to allow – yes, exactly. I, I'm, I, yeah, did, I did I did. stuff that there's no way in the world I would let my kids do at any time. Yeah, yeah times have changed from the 80s and 90s. Uh, what we did to what kids – should be doing at the prom now. No way. But I had, I had a good time though. Frangie Panty Room over there in the uh, Memorial Union. That's where our prom was every year. Ooh. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, hey, by man. the way, too, I know because you're employed by Indiana University. They're celebrating this weekend a little five, and they're getting the type of weather that is normal. Last weekend, basically, certainly Saturday, not Sunday, but Saturday was glorious. And then you know that if you get a glorious weekend like last weekend, that it's going to be crappy this weekend, and that's what you're getting for Little Five down there, right? Yes, and, you know, it's funny. So I got a, I have a class that has uh, 15 seniors in it, yep. I believe, out of 18 students. And suggestion was the last night, say, of the week, on Little 500 week. They, they all told me they weren't coming to class. They said we're going to skip, take advantage of it, go to five, which meant they were probably enjoying it quite a few adult beverages down uh, Kirkwood, yeah. uh, which led to me uh, just saying, you know what, I'm just going to hang out in my office and get some work done. And But they'll be out there take, partaking in the beverages tomorrow, even though it's going to be cold uh, during the race. I had some great moments at Little Five. I'd never once stepped foot into Bill Armstrong Stadium to watch them get on their bikes. But I had fun times down there. I love Little Five weekend. One of these days, I'm going to take my take uh our students up on offer because they always they always give they give a free ticket to a professor they like and i'm over two on accepting invites yeah. um maybe because maybe because i'm scared to see my students just staggering around you know <laughs> by the end of the race and i don't mean staggering around because they're tired from uh watching the bikes go in circles yep but more so drinking Yep. Nah, great time down there when you're in college and i obviously went being from that area you know, when I was in high school, we went to parties around there, too, and uh, sometimes got our ass whipped, other times we didn't, but it was always a pretty good time down there. So, good time to be had. Hopefully, safe by all, and I, I feel good because I was never arrested and had to clean up the messes that were left behind the next day. I always felt good about that. Hey, listen, you can handle your alcohol. That's you, you, you've always been able to do that. Never left behind. All right, my friend, give my girl a great deal of love. Tell her to go out and get it, play well in Cincinnati, and we'll talk at you next week. All right, Jay said play well this weekend, Layla. Bye. Bye, Layla. All right, take it easy, Mike. It's uh, Mike Wells, ESPN Radio, the Eddie Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Andy Moore Automotive Group Pileline is a friend of the show. We welcome in in now Bob Kravitz of The Athletic. And you just heard Nick Lowe. I, I made you aware, and you said you were going to be on the road. Brown County Music Center, I think in June. Elvis uh, Costello, which I know you love, Elvis Costello. Uh, and I believe uh, Nick Lowe is opening up that show. That's unbelievable. I go see Nick Lowe as the main guy. Me too. I mean, Absolutely. I love, I love all that British, you know, British stuff from late seventies, early eighties. That's that's my wheelhouse. I'm right there with you. I am right there. We we'd both go see um Heaven Seventeen. I think that may be Scottish, but the same kind of deal right there. Yes, exactly. So you got hey, Elvis yeah. Costello and Nick Lowe. Yeah, and uh Pearl Jam is uh yeah. is coming later in the year. So uh I'll count on you for tickets on that, right? Yeah, you want to go. Pearl Jam, have you seen them before? Never have. Never Man. have. They're one of the few bands I haven't seen. Haven't seen them, and I haven't seen you too, which I want. Who I, I, I had tickets available to me many years ago, but that was the Colts' uh, road opener against the Rams, I believe. It was. And they got beat about 85 to 3. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. I was. I actually That's went. You know, first play of the game. I attended that U two show. Beck opened up for U two at Lucas oh. Oil Stadium, and I wasn't going. I was mowing my lawn, and the awesome Kyle Kinnett of Bullseye Event Group said, "Hey, I got a couple of tickets. Do you want to go?" I smelled like bo and said, "Sure." So I just rolled sure. off the lawnmower, got in the truck, drove downtown, and attended. I'm glad I did. It was spectacular. Just a great show. Has there ever been a more Indiana sentence than the one you just uttered? <laughs> I smelled like B.O. not New York anymore, Bobby. <laughs> I said, whatever, I'm going. We're going. I actually took Blake, my son, too, and it was. Oh, uh, very cool. Very it was cool. awesome to see you two in concert. But, uh, no, Pearl Jam is going to be a difficult ticket, I would presume. Yeah, I, I would think so. But, uh I you know if we're around I'm interested I think it's like in September so yes. for the Colts I don't know what the Colts schedule looks like I don't think we do yet so uh, so we'll see where the Colts are at I believe it's the Saturday night in September before they open up Oh okay yeah I believe that's I'm, I'm, is that September the tenth I believe September the tenth is a Saturday night. And I believe okay. that is Pearl Jam. I got to give a shout out to Kyle and, and Jimmy and the gang at Live Nation or whomever secured Pearl Jam here because that, that's like pulling teeth, getting Eddie Vedder and the gang to come here and play a show. And uh, the yeah. fact that they did, yeah. that's well done. Awesome. Yeah, it is. All right, we're getting closer and closer, right under a week until the draft. Uh, the media met, I'm assuming you as well, a little bit earlier with Chris Ballard, and he said a whole bunch of nothing because that's exactly that's exactly what he can say. That's the only thing he can say is a bunch of nothing. Right. First, uh, full disclosure, and I, I say this uh, as someone who is a complete idiot, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ballard, uh, I thought Ballard was at one. Well, it turns out that it was at noon. It was. So I... I missed the whole damn thing. Now I've watched, <laughs> I've watched, I've watched it on video, so I know exactly what he said. But I don't want to give the wrong uh, impression. I don't want people to think that I was actually there because I was out in the parking lot cursing at myself. Ah, uh, well, 
you, you didn't miss much. And again, no. that's not, there are a lot of things that we blame on him and rightly so. That's not one of them because there is absolutely nothing you can say going in. Um, it, it's funny. He did. And I want you to play off of this, say, quote, I think you all feel the pressure more than I do sometimes. Really? Quotes. I'm, yeah. I'm I, not going to lose my job. I'm not going to lose yeah. my job if I pick the wrong quarterback. There. I mean, right, but I, I will know. say this, Bob. I, I think somebody had asked me earlier if I thought that he looked incredibly comfortable for a guy going into year seven with one playoff win, and I said yes, because yeah. unless this is a catastrophic disaster with this pick at four at quarterback, he's got three years to iron all this out, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Do you agree? Probably, probably, so at least, I'd say at least two. You know, you 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 know, it, if the guy turns out to be a Zach Wilson, or you know, uh, that that that's going to be a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think as long as the young guy is coming along reasonably well, then I think they will get uh, two three years. You um torn he, he right? Will. Do you are you torn at all with number four? Do you have anybody in mind? And I've said all along, this goes back to the regular season that I had heard, and, and this is before they put everything, and I mean everything under lock and key, to a point where they're probably good that Jim is out in New Mexico on a movie set with Peter Berg right now, right? They're probably okay with that deep down inside? Yeah, I would think so. I, you know, honestly, at this point, I, there's, there's no inside information. This is a total guess on my part. Um, I think it's going to be Will Evans. I really do. Uh, I just think it's trending that way. Uh, you know, I know that Peyton still has a lot of power uh, around here as well. He should, and he is a big uh, Levis proponent. And I, I, I think that they want somebody who's a little more uh, ready to uh, to play right away. And I think uh, of the two guys who we think will be available, he is certainly uh, far more ready. I mean, look, Richardson's played 13 games. I'm talking to Bill Polian last night for a story I'm doing on the 25th anniversary of the uh, of the Manning Leaf draft, and he was saying that he wanted a, a quarterback who had played 30 games in college, and Peyton, Peyton obviously uh, had accomplished that. Now we're looking at a guy who played 13 games. That scares me to death, you know. And when's he going to be ready? I have no idea. But uh, I think they're going to go Levis. Um, you know, this will probably be on cold takes or whatever. But I just—that's just my sense of it. Yeah, mine's going to because I—I had we talked about this before. I—I I had some some interesting that's in, intel that I kind of just let blow by during the season that I talked about because you start talking about draft position and future quarterbacks when the team with Matt Ryan's going down the tubes at four twelve and one. So we were having that conversation on the air during the season, and Levis's name came up as somebody that they were watching. Now, granted, they were watching everybody; they're scouting everybody. But I had just heard that they had more interest in Levis than anybody else. And Bob, up until now, I have not heard anything at all differently. Now, I'm I'm interested in C.J. Stroud, and that's what this question is. If he's available at four and they bypass him for Will Levis, is that a red flag to you? I have an issue with that. Yeah, I have an issue with that. I mean, you better have a really strong, strong conviction about Will Levis 
if you uh, take him over C.J. Stroud. Now, do I think Houston in any way, shape, or form is going to bypass a quarterback? Hell no, because then they're going to gift the Colts their, you know, probably the second-best quarterback uh, in the draft, and that guy has a chance to kick their ass every two times a year for the next 10 years. I don't think Houston's going to take that risk. I think it's going to go one, two, one, two, four in quarterbacks or one, two, three, because I still think the Colts uh, are going to have to move up or somebody's going to come up from behind them and take the guy they want. Yeah, I um, I think they stay at four and get Levis at four. And I've, thought, I've said that all along. I've said that way back to I just think that's the way that it's going to happen I do happen to think that Houston's going to bypass stupidly a quarterback at two and be back in this thing once again next year I do I I believe that stuff and I I obviously believe I'm assuming as you do too that that Frank Reich and Carolina fell in love with Bryce Young when maybe initially they were in love with CJ Stroud yeah it it kind of looked that way but look you know I, I thought that Ballard was great today. He was he was like you say very relaxed and kind of funny. He said, "Look, I won't lie to you, which is always a sign they'll lie to you." But right. He said, "I'll I'll uh, I'll either tell you an answer or I'll dance around it." Today I'm a dancer, and I thought, "Yes, that's exactly what, that's what everybody's doing." The thing about I will say this about Ballard, you know, I I have not caught him in a significant uh, or even an insignificant fib since the time he's been here. I mean, uh, you know, he's just not one of those guys that's going to run to Adam uh, or one of those guys and, you know, uh, float a trial balloon or send up a, a smoke screen of some sort. Uh, I think all this stuff about Houston bypassing a quarterback is just a smoke screen. Uh, I, think, I think somebody's getting in the right person's ear in the media and the word's getting out. But I – I would bet my bottom dollar, whatever the hell that means, um, that uh, Houston's going to go quarterback at two, and it's going to be up to the Colts to move up to get one of the guys that they're focusing on. You know, they're they're not. They say that they're not all in on one guy necessarily, but even if you're talking about two guys that you like, you'd like to be in a position where you can select one of those. Do you think that they have zero idea? about what's going to take place other than what Carolina is going to do at number one in front of them right now, or they have a pretty good idea. They got an idea, but uh, not a good one. You know, I mean, was, was he being honest today when he said, I have no idea how one, two, three is going to go. I mean, I, you know, we've both been around these drafts for a long time and there's usually a pretty solid sense of how the top of the draft, at least the top three or four, are going to go. And we're not even 100% certain that we're looking at Bryce Young at one. I think he's going to be one. It, it certainly it certainly looks like it, but this this is going to be a crazy draft. I'm I'm usually I don't look all that forward to drafts. They're they're just kind of slow and boring, but except for the first round. And but I this is going to be an intriguing one because I don't know that anybody really has a clear sense of especially what Houston's going to do it to. So Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, you mentioned that in, in your time in covering him that Chris has not floated out 
test balloons, you know, in the form of scoops for Adam Schefter or anybody else. Has he ever done that? Has he ever kind of gone to the national guys as used to happen all the time around here when the information wanted to go out? Has has he ever done that? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I, I think it's been important to uh, this, particular Colts uh, group that if there's going to be news broken for the, I mean, look, this stories break nationally all the time on every individual beat. That's just the way it goes. You know, agents know who to call. Uh, you know, they're going to call Adam because they're going to get a, a lot of bang for their buck. They're not going to call Joe Schmo in Indianapolis, but I don't, I don't know that, I've ever seen uh, an obvious Ballard leak to a national guy. Now, maybe maybe one of his underlings, everybody's got connections, but you don't see a hell of a lot come out of, uh, you know, come out of the management side uh, of the Colts. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he has, uh, John, but not that I'm aware of. How tight do you think they're keeping that inner circle right there? I'd mentioned Jim Irsay, you know, on the movie set in, in New Mexico and that. <laughs> I'd asked Mike Chappell this a couple of weeks ago if he thought maybe they weren't exactly sharing everything. Um, he couldn't dispute that, uh, and, and neither can I. You, you think that maybe they've got this tight inner circle and some things they are keeping, you know, maybe not exactly open to the owner at this point in time? It's entirely possible. I mean, the owner, uh, how shall we say, uh, you know, he speaks, he speaks uh, out of, out of turn on occasion. Um, So, yeah, I think they're, they're very happy about his current movie. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, they're hoping that he wins an Academy Award. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know how that, how that would work. I mean, I think they'll let him know. About it. Look, they're not going to know till the the draft actually starts. I think they're going to go in there with a game plan. If it, if if it breaks this way, we're going to take this guy. If it breaks another way, we're going to take another guy. I mean, we don't know for sure who's number one. We think we know. We certainly don't know who's number two. Although I think they're going to take a quarterback. And at this point, they don't know if they're moving up to three if they're going to need to move up to three. I think they're going to need to move up to three. If the uh, Falcons or the Raiders or another quarterback-hungry team jumps up in front of the Colts, that, that to me is a real problem and does not reflect well on Chris. Yeah, I um, I still think they're going to be able to stay at four, but again – yeah, who knows? Who knows leading up to it as well? I mean, I think that they know, Bob, a majority of what's going on. But when you kind of get a wild card, in this case, maybe two, but I think certainly one at three in front of you, uh, that probably does throw a, a bit of a cloud over what you believe you normally would know about this, certainly. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic joins us. By the way, Peter Berg is directing this film that Jim Irsay is a part of. I believe that they'll be working together further down the road, too. So I think Peter Berg's been around here a lot. Yeah. I didn't know. I did not know that. I wonder. Well, I, the, I guess I should Peter say Berg I want. I should movie? say I wonder. <laughs> That's what I should oh, say. Okay. I wonder. What? What? Let's what's rephrase Peter it. Peter Butberg's big, uh, big movie. I forget. Uh, Friday Night Lights. 
Oh, Friday Lights. That's yeah, Friday I Night Lights. Movie. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, yeah I believe he also directed. This is this was very uh, offbeat comedy, very bad things about a very disturbing weekend in Las Vegas back in the late nineties. But yeah, his his. I've never seen it, but I remember. I do remember hearing about it. I've never actually seen it. I think Peter Berg also did one of those 30 for 30s yes. on on Wayne Gretzky and hockey in Los Angeles. Yeah. Or something like that. Oh, I it was uh, it was a uh, Bruce McNair, right? It was about Bruce McNair and Bruce and, Mc, yeah. McNall, yeah. McNall, McNall, McNall. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So okay. yeah, he is uh I think he started out as an actor and then transitioned into a a writer and director, but he's incredibly talented. And I, th- I think he's been seen around here a, a number of times, so we'll see what happens okay. there. What happens there? All right, uh, rest of the draft. And I know that you know people aren't as interested in in rounds 2 and 3, but the team has to be because they have significant holes to fill. Where might they be looking at those couple of picks coming on the next couple of days of this draft after next Thursday? Corner, corner, and corner. That's that's what I mean. To me, that's the biggest need uh, besides uh, besides quarterback. Then I think they've got they got to find a right guard somewhere, uh, preferably. Uh, a guy um, uh, was it Latorrance something or I forget his, his name. I read about him the other day. Um, yeah, I'm like everybody else. I read all the mock drafts. I, I don't know what that is out there, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think they need a right guard. They need a couple of uh, guys in the secondary. And look, you know, you're going to get yourself a new quarterback. You might as well get him some toys. And I'd like to. This is I heard Ballard say this is a real good draft for tight ends i think they need to go get themselves a tight end and catch football yeah i would agree they have a lot of holes to fill i would still say wide receiver uh because i always say that um corner certainly you're right about that which is supposed to be a pretty deep position in this draft so we'll see how they handle that they they have hope now is there belief? I'm sure there's belief there, but certainly at this point, it's more hope than it is belief that Bernard Ryman's going to be that solution to left tackle. Do you have a similar belief, or is yours hope yeah. or wonder? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, he. Uh, I I don't think those PFF grades are the uh, beginning and end of everything. I mean, they're not the uh, the be all of uh, uh, you know making making these kinds of decisions, but. The, he he graded out really well the second half of the year. And I thought, you know, look, he gave up some sacks at some really inopportune moments late in tight games. And you can't do that, and he knows that. But uh, he played much better, I thought, the last third to the last half of the season. So uh, I think they look at him as a project who's who they need to give some time, and I think he's going to make a big jump uh, heading into his second year. All right, what are they going to do at right guard? Got any uh, feel for that yet? Draft or free agency, they got to do something. I mean, right now, there's nobody that, like I said, that one kid. Like Will Fry. Will Fry's. You're talking about Osiris Torrance, I think, is the kid out of Florida yeah, you're Osiris referencing. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's whose name I was mangling completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Now, if you ask me about his. Uh, Sleeve size, I have no idea, but right. that's that's a name I see. So, um, 
No, so somebody like that. I mean, they, they need to bolster that offensive line, certainly at the right guard spot. But I, I think, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I'd be really disappointed if they didn't come out of here with some uh, cornerbacks. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to, going to have to, and you're still going to have to find some bodies out there that probably aren't presently on the team. So I had DeForest Buckner on yesterday, and he wants nothing with the word rebuild. And that's okay. But this is what you would want to call a, a reboot, and they're very similar. That's exactly what he and his teammates are going through right now, correct? Yeah, I mean, look <laughs> – you got a rookie quarterback, and unless he's Dan freaking Marino, you're you know it's just not going to happen for you. I mean, uh, rookie quarterbacks are going to take their lumps. Peyton Manning, his Colts were three and thirteen his rookie year. I believe he threw twenty eight interceptions. Uh, I know he set the record for uh, interceptions thrown by a rookie, and he's desperate for somebody to break it and let him off the hook. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to be a climb back. Now, in the NFL, you can turn things around pretty quickly. I think if they're well coached, um, if the offensive line can get itself in gear, uh, you get Jonathan Taylor back uh, playing at the level he played at two years ago. They could be very competitive. I could see them being uh, a team that comes close to five hundred, but it's going to take some time. It, it just is, and. I just hope that whoever they pick, and and this would not apply to Richardson, but you would hope that Levis would be ready early, if not immediately. He seems to think he'll be ready immediately, but that's just kind of the way uh, he seems to think, or at least that's the sense I get. He's 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 very confident, let's put it that way. Don't you shorten your list? With that in mind, and consider Richardson, and even probably unfairly so, because he's 24 years old, he's older, but he's coming back from an injury. You have to consider Hendon Hooker in that same fashion, considering how long it's probably going to take him to come back too, right? It's, they're going for a quarterback at four, and it ain't going to be Hendon Hooker. They're not moving back. They're not going to play any games. I think, I think it's going to come down – you know, I mean, uh, assuming Houston goes quarterback at two, and that's that's the way I'm leaning. I think it's it's Lavis or Richardson. I think it's going to be Lavis, but you know, we're we're all guessing. Let's yeah. let's be perfectly honest about it. We're all guessing. You know, uh, you know, I, I preferably they get a guy who can start right away. I like Gardner Minshew as a player. Uh, I think he'd be a terrific backup or even a bridge quarterback for a short period of time. But, man, I don't want to go through a whole year of Gardner Minshew. I really don't. Let's let's see what this kid can do, whoever he is. So, Bob Kravitz with us. Before I let you go, you had a column a couple of days ago regarding Zach Eady and his Purdue decision, whether he goes pro, stays in West Lafayette, he's going to be amply compensated. So it's all good, correct? Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how he can make a bad decision at this point. You know, if he stays in West Lafayette, you get to play for some of the greatest fans in the country. You're going to play on a team that's going to be really, really good. Um, you know, and if you go pro, you're and you're going to make NIL money if you stay at Purdue. If you go uh, to the pros, 
Look, you got to be a second-round pick. There's no guaranteed cash as a second-round pick, generally speaking, at least where we expect he's going to go, to be middle to late second round. So, you know, I, again, I, I think I think he's pretty well situated. And that's the one nice thing about NIL is kids are going to be less likely to make a foolish, financially driven decision Um you know, and and go into the draft when they're not ready. And, I mean, we're still seeing that. You know, I keep hearing about this kid Livingston from uh, Kentucky who's t- thinking about coming out, and he's, he's not a first-round pick. He may not even be a pick. So, you know, you hope that kids will make more informed decisions, and, you know, based on knowing that there's money to be had at the college level. Well, and you look at IU. I mean, they got one, actually two, in the tra- out of the transfer portal. But a lot of IU folks looking at what they have missed to this point. Still, I guess a lot of work for Mike Woodson and company in Bloomington to to satisfy those losses that they're going to be going yeah. through in this transition off season. Early, early in the process. I wouldn't. I mean, look, you know, these guys aren't going to be out there forever. They need to get something done here in relative, relatively short order. But I wouldn't panic just yet. Uh, I don't know the first thing about Kalel Ware. Um, but, you know, uh, he's got size. He's 7-1. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He started out great. Didn't finish so great. Needed a change of scenery. And um, I just – I think about this. I, I think about this from from – you know, Trace Jackson Davis and, and what he meant and what he put up, realistically, good luck trying to find that, all of it. Right. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I hate to put it that way, but that's just the way that it is. Right. I think Malik Renew is going to be a really nice player for them now. I really do. I think he's going to be a nice player. He's not going to be Trace, but I, I think he's going to be more than serviceable. But, you know, they got to get themselves some wings, some guards, some shooters, other than that, they're, they're in great shape. <laughs> it's my Kravitz of the Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, who's going to be on vacation. When Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe invade Nashville, Indiana at the awesome Brown County Music Center. That's very unfortunate. Actually, I'm going to some award ceremony out in North Carolina for something. And I went. Oh so yeah, you won. You were sports writer of the I, I year. So infrequently, I figured, yeah, I might as well go and have a couple of free cocktails, right? So I'm going to go out to North Carolina somewhere, Winston Salem, Greensboro. I don't know where the hell I, I'm going. I actually, I, I did in 2020. I got that honor here, and I did not go. Um, and I, I was thrilled. I, I don't really go to stuff like this, but I was thrilled to get it, and it was ironic that I got it in a year in which about four or five months there were zero sports. It just made sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, made well, sense. You had, a B, you had a BS your way through the pandemic. So. Oh, my goodness. And I BS, I BS like nobody's business for like five months. Oh. It was amazing. You should, you should have been on some of the calls at, at The Athletic, and I'm sure this was happening all over the country with, with you know, with newspapers and websites. Basically, how what are we going to write? You know, and then we had these idiots saying, "You people in the media, you wanted you wanted everybody to shut down because of COVID." Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. How about no baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer? How about no sports? To, you know, 
for for a sports website. That sounds like a great idea. The uh, the Korean uh, baseball league as we were watching that about three years ago at this time. Yes, yes. That was that was great fun. Man, Those oh were the man. Days. It was during the <laughs> pandemic. Well, congratulations on that. And uh I'll be enjoying Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe in Brown County. Oh man, I'm jealous. <laughs> All right. Well give me give me give me give me some tickets to the Burl Jam, yeah. I'll you forever. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, if I can do, th- if I can swing that, it will be amazing. There's no doubt because All that's right. going to be one of the toughest tickets in a while around here. I, I, I would bet, I would bet. Well, I appreciate the effort, my friend. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Bob. Be well. It's uh, Bob Bye. Kravitz of the Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pot Line.